Hello, mate. How are we? I'm good. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Looking yeah. forward to uh, being in Bahrain for 10 days. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, when do you go? You're going soon. Yeah, I go on the day before this comes out. Right. Yeah. So... So we're going to have a little pause. We've got one up our sleeve. This yeah. is no, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is this is Halloween's episode. Yeah. Um, so this will be whilst I'm in Bahrain. So we're going to have a week off after this. Yeah. And then we'll return. Yeah, but we thought we'd leave you with a, a frightful treat. A frightful Halloween treat. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> you did say a couple of weeks ago. We should talk about ghosts. Yeah, I'd like do a little Halloween special because I thought it would be quite funny. Um, but I, we didn't really have, I mean, we've got a little bit of content for this. Yeah. Maybe. Minimal, but <laughs> it'd be quite funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things because, I mean, you. I remember, and I'm just going to go straight in and say it, I remember years ago I worked in my very first pub job. Yeah. They had two pubs in the group, right? Yeah. And they lived in the other pub, the owners of this this thing. And uh, it's the Georgian Molash, for anybody that, that might be listening. Um, Where's Molash? Molash is a little village in between Canterbury and Ashford. Okay. And it's got... Um, <laughs> I remember them telling me the story. They, they, they had a little girl that haunted the house. Right. And they um, they basically used to have it so that she would like their living room upstairs above the pub yeah. would would kind of face the landing of the stairs a little bit. Um, but there was a doorway in there. And every now and then, if they saw something out the corner of their eye, it was quite often this, this little little girl. And yeah, yeah. she would she would just look into the room from behind the landing. Fuck off. Yeah. Or she would be at the top of the stairs just looking into the room. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Mate, I would shit a brick. I'd be like, where the fuck has this girl come from? Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> shit. So yeah, that um that was a thing. And and it just it always stuck with me. I I never saw I, I only went over and worked in, mm. in that pub like once or twice. So I never I never got to experience it. But it was it was always when they were in a group, never when they were on their own. Right. So all of them would see it, not yeah. just one. That's interesting. Look, uh, I, you know, we, we, we've had some chats before, but you know, I, I believe in ghosts, and I've got my own reasons for that. I'm skeptical about a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I, I grew up in a haunted house, so I have my reasons for believing that there is something the other side. Plus, even before we moved into this house, I went, I'm, you know. I'm going back to when I was like maybe six years old, seven years old. I was like a fucking horror freak. I still love my horrors. Yeah, I love them. You know, yeah. but I was, you know, my friend, my my school friends, them parents would ring my parents up saying, little Timmy or little Christopher has got to come around your house and Andrew's put on Salem's Lot or Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> and all these fucking like gnarly um, horror films. Ooh that we just happened to have and they were my favourite films and I would be one, you know, <laughs> I just didn't understand why no one else <laughs> liked it. You know, these kids are awake, they can't sleep at night. 
Uh, so you know, um, my parents would get the call. Um, That's Jaws. Funny. I fucking love Jaws. I was like six years old. Jaws. It's not one of the best things I could ever watch. Mm. You know. Um, so I was a freak, and um, we, we moved into a house that, that which became the family house for like thirty years. Um, when I was about nine, and it was in um, Wilmington, which is just outside of Dartford in Kent. And uh, it's uh, it was a very big um, old lodge house. It was a, um, a, like a Victorian Gothic design. It was fantastic, you know. Come from like a little semi-detached place to this big kind of you know huge place with a big garden and stuff. And um, it was straight out of a Hammer horror film when you looked at it. But um, you know, never felt anything malevolent in there. It was just. Um, uh, maybe when I first moved in, I wanted there to be a ghost. Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. used to I used to leave notes out at night. I'm, I'm fucking nine years old, by the way. Eight, nine years old. Then I'd leave notes out at night and see if anything would contact me when we first got in there. So, you know, proper freak. And, um, but, you know, over the years, it probably wasn't until I was well in my teens that um, my mum... Uh, spoke to me one night or day or whatever it was she um she said she told me a story that happened to her while she was in the house and I never really took it in it was just like one of them ones where I'm half listening half doing whatever else yeah. but not really listening to my mum bless her <laughs> <laughs> so she tells me the story about um she was sitting in one night watching the TV and you know we had this kind of living room which was off the hallway the dog would sit with us the dog we had a couple of Labradors and you know the, the dog would sit there on the floor and to set the house up it, it, we had a huge front door like I mean the fucking key that I had to walk around with we all had you know the same front door key but if I went out with my mates I'm carrying like it was literally like a jailer's key it's huge because of the front door and then we had like um uh, a porch door after that and then uh a, a couple a few meters of hallway but it was raised and it was wooden yeah and then you went down some steps so th this kind of raised area it was like a long glassed ceiling hallway and and then the steps leading down and then more floorboards and um you know natural flooring in the natural wooden flooring so, my mum says this. She's sitting there one night. She's watching TV. She hears the front door go. Then the porch door go. Then footsteps, walking down, down the little steps, and then carried on. The dog gets up to see who it is, and my mum carries on. About 10 minutes later, it dawns on her that no one comes, you know, no yeah. one's coming to say hi. And that's, you know, just what we would do. You'd pop your head in and say, home, all right, you know. And... um yeah, it dawned on my mum that that hadn't happened. So she told me this story, and I remember just not really paying too much attention to it. But it was, it, you know, it, it was there. Probably just humouring my mum. And um, I couldn't tell you whether it was a week later, two, three, couple of months later or whatever, but a similar situation happens. It's, you know, it must have been winter. It was, a, it was early evening, but it was dark outside, you know, five, six o'clock, dark outside. I hear the doors go, footsteps, jangling of keys down the down the steps as well, and 
the dog gets up to go and see who it is. I'm watching TV. And then about 10 minutes later, I'm like, no one's come in. What, what was mm. that about? And then a few minutes after that, someone actually comes in. Like, yeah. they come home. And I'm like, well, did I hear that? And then I recall this conversation that my mum said. So I said, you know, that thing that happened to you, you tell me about it again. <laughs> you know, so she told me, and I'm like, that's exactly what happened. Now, here's the thing. There's one thing hearing them things yourself. Yeah. But the dog hearing it as well, getting up to go and see who it is. You know, there's clearly something there. And, okay, we, we lived in that house for 30 years, so you can imagine how many times we heard that yeah. over and over again. And the freakiest one, I think, was my mum saying that one time it was really rushed as well. So instead of just being like this casual opening and closing of doors and, you know, just walking along the hallway, it was slamming of the doors, running then running upstairs only to find that there was no, no one had come home. So, you know, that happened enough. <laughs> and we never saw anything in the house. So this is all like, uh, while I have a big interest in ghosts and paranormal stuff, I don't, you know, I don't know the details for what people assume that to be. Um, I guess since I've been on my kind of shamanic journey and, you know, that, that have... Uh, more of a spiritual connection these days I would say that there is energy you know yep. and I've always believed in energy energy we can we can quantify a lot of energy there's a lot of energy that we can't quantify but we know it's there like dark matter for instance yep. alright so um, you know the speculations of what that could be but it was it happened to all of us I think you know I think everyone experienced that at some point the dogs experienced it with us and there we go um my dad it wasn't till i probably didn't discover this until kind of recently but in the last year or two that my dad said a little bit more about this and um he said that on when we were leaving I don't know if my dad was the popular one in the house. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. But when we were leaving, he was standing at the top of the stairs and um, I'll try and describe that we had like some stairs going up and if you went round to the left, you accessed most of the bedrooms and the, the landing. Yep. But you could go off to the right to my sister's room. She had a room on her own. Just, yep. All right. But my dad was at this kind of crossroads at the top of the steps and he felt a push and I might be making this bit up, but the words get out. And that was, but I, I, that might be, that might be a little fictional bit I've put on there, but he definitely felt the push on his back. Oh, I'm going to have to ask him. That's fucking weird. But he, he's, he also said he was in bed at night as well. And the, the covers that, you know, you could feel the covers being pulled off him as well. Um, yeah. So he had stuff, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like someone who didn't like your dad. Yeah, I know. That's it. <laughs> but we, you know, there was it was the most thirty years. It was the family home, you know, and uh, over those years, we had a lot of kind of big family gatherings, parties, you know, just there was always people there, you yeah. know. So it was it, it was a, a loving home in that sense, you know. It was yeah. a it was a home full of life. I don't think, in, you know, if there was anything malevolent there, we never felt it. Except my dad. Yeah, it's a little nudge at the top of the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so that, you know, I grew up with that. And 
over the years I've always been really interested in other ghost activities yeah. um, <laughs> I've got to say this thing though. it happened to me a couple of nights ago um, Chris is away I'm sat in well I'm in bed actually I was asleep on about half one in the morning the doorbell goes really? yeah so I was like fuck is that heart racing you know adrenaline kicks in immediately I won't tell you how many fucking knives and machetes I've got in the house but, <laughs> but there's a few down the side of the bed <laughs> so I fucking grab something and then I go into the the study and I'm looking down because it overlooks the front door the front door yeah. now to give you an idea my doorbell like most people's doorbell is like shoulder height yep. you know you can see it you go there I'm looking over to see what's there and then this fucking fat fox walks off <laughs> and all sorts of questions are going through my mind <laughs> fox jump up and fucking it was fat to start with I mean you know I've seen foxes scout fences but I'm like who is feeding you right <laughs> and if it was you how did you get up there and <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I'm not what? saying it was the fox, but I was just like, you know what? My fucking heart's pounding. Adrenaline's kicking through. I'm thinking, I'm really hoping it's someone wanting to break in. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, break in. And, um, <laughs> fucking fat fox. It waddled away. And I was just like, this is fucking bizarre. Like, what? <laughs> how did you get up on the shelf to press the button? Anyway, it probably did. Jesus. <laughs> they probably do. Is that, do you know what? It's funny that you should say that. I was talking to my mate yesterday, and, I was, and he's got like this massive cut on his forehead. Yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck have you been up to?" Anyway, you won't believe me. I was like, "Go on." <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was like, "Look, I uh, I heard a loud bang in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I shot up out of bed before even thinking anything. And he was like, "I've you know, he's got this." Uh, he doesn't have a knife or a machete, but he, he has, has like the metal pole from a dumbbell. Yep. And he's like, I'm holding onto this, this thing. And I go downstairs, you know, straight for the front door, because it sounded like something smacked through the front door. And he, so he went downstairs, nothing. And he's so pumped full of adrenaline still that he sort of gets himself upstairs and his missus goes, oh, I think it might have been one of the paintings in the uh, door frame. Yeah, in the one of the girls' rooms, just fallen off because she'd put the, she'd used the Velcro stuff, and there's him thinking like something's gonna break in, goes into the room, no painting on the floor, no picture frame, nothing, and he's still like completely buzzing. She goes into the bathroom to sort of like flush some water on, <laughs> and the adrenaline had been going around him so long that he just passed out and knocked his head clean on the bath. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. But the, like, couldn't, still can't figure out what the bang was. It's mad, isn't it? Like, <laughs> there's been um, there's been times when there's these like loud crashes and bangs that we've had in this house and in the the flat before, and it's usually like something that we've put in the shower, like affixed to the shower yeah, wall, like yeah. one of the sticky things, and then it comes off. So, but that's happened so much now that when I hear something, I'm just like, that's my go-to yep. in there. I'm just like, it's probably something. <laughs> and then all I hope is the next morning that I see something on the floor. <laughs> otherwise, I'll be like, what the fuck was it then? But it, it's the go-to sound. Um, yeah. 
Well, I grew up living across the road from a cemetery. Yeah. So when I was younger, obviously, I, I'm far more wise to the fact that um, you know, ghosts won't be where somebody's buried. It will be where they died now. Sure. But when I was younger, I was like, you know, always of this mindset, you know, one day we're going to have like ghosts come through the house and you know, all of this sort of shit. And nothing not nothing <laughs> at all <laughs> ever i've never seen anything you know i've never really i've had all of the the sort of goosebumps up up the neck and i, I did convince myself once when i was younger that something was going on during the night because i uh i think i was about seven years old when i watched nightmare on elm street for the first time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, back when sky was cheap <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah we were like watching sort of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on a Friday night and then afterwards it was Nightmare on Elm Street so it was great <laughs> but in the middle of the night like you know I woke up during the night not I wasn't having a bad dream or anything but I woke up and my eyes just didn't adjust properly and I was 100% sure that fucker was sat on the end of my bed doing his little thing with his nails <laughs> the first thing I saw when I woke up and I'm like shit like you know <laughs> but that, isn't it funny I mean look I, I think there's something about Skeptics, you know, I understand people where people come from. I, as a believer in stuff, I want to be as, I, you know, I try and be as rational about things. Do you know what I mean? You have yeah. to, you know, be skeptical about stuff first of all. Okay, what could it be before you, you know, go straight to the top shelf of right? It's got to be ghosts, which my sister, bless her, probably does a lot of the time. But she's, um, you know, she's quite funny. Um, she. Uh, I think she wants to believe too much sometimes and therefore that's it, it's got to be this. Yeah. And it's like, look, you know, and her husband, my brother-in-law, is like super, super sceptical about everything. So he balances them out, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> but, you know, somewhere between the two, I, I, I like to think I see it, is that, you know, I want to believe in things uh, in that sense. But, you know, you've got to be rational. And, you know, we can hallucinate, we can... Um, you know, I, I know when I've not had enough sleep and your mind plays games, you know what I mean? You can really, you see things that are not there. And I'm talking about when I was up, I used to be up for days on end and probably, you know, <laughs> with a few other mind altering substances in me. And I'm not talking about psychedelics here either, but, you know, just when you are, um, when you're a little bit uh, high. <laughs> <laughs> definitely seen things that you are You've had a there. rhubarb and custard. yeah i remember um being a little high in a a nightclub once and um and uh i was with a girl at the time and uh, i saw her head melting like a candle um, (laughs) and 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 then another time we're on the same the same club it was turn mills turn mills in um uh farrington it's not there anymore but um good house nights in there and uh, and I was I had to kind of look what what's going on. I'm looking across the dance floor, and these people are carrying a massive toilet roll. I'm just like, why would there be a massive toilet roll? In here? <laughs> so yeah, sometimes if you're a bit sleep deprived, I mean, I was up for days. Um, uh, yeah, you can see things, and in the dark, your mind your your mind sees things that are sometimes not there as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean. And then you can start panicking yourself or. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the last, last thing thing. a seven-year-old has, has seen before he's gone to bed is, you know, Freddy Krueger on fire. 
And then there's me waking up in the middle of the night, going, mm, shit, scream at the top of my lungs. And then nothing's there. And then I get up, go to the toilet, go back to bed, and that was it. But um, I do remember, and I will say this, um, when I was, I was actually seven as well when this happened, my, um, my auntie, my mum's sister, had uh, had died and we were you know we'd been to the funeral that day and um i i very rarely saw my auntie i've got memories like you know quite a few memories yeah but um yeah we we very rarely saw because she she used to live in manchester and um we uh i just remember and i and i should say for sort of relevance to to me and my experiences i'm quite close in the sense that you know i've got one kidney you know a horseshoe kidney which is very very rare but my auntie had one um you know when she was she was young she she was 29 i think when this happened um you know she she took her own life she's really struggling mentally and she took her own life so i didn't know that at the time but um you know was aware of it a little bit later on but I, just, I remember you know we was at the funeral and, and everything like that and and I just remember and I, w- I had no fear of this whatsoever um, and I didn't understand the funeral I was seven I didn't really get anything that was going on mm. didn't have any emotions or anything like that you know I just sort of I spent the day you know with the 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 wake afterwards at my nan's you know making everyone cups of tea and you know trying to work out why everyone was so sad and didn't, yeah. yeah do you know what I mean and um that night i uh, i just remember seeing my auntie at the at the end of my bed and she was just sat there she was just just yeah and i had absolutely no fear of it whatsoever for about 20 minutes solid i i was like i kept changing you know direction the little side light was on so mm. i was you know it wasn't pitch black it wasn't anything like that no words no movement no nothing she just was sat at the end of my bed um i was confused and i obviously yeah. i did uh, I was old enough to know that it wasn't something that I should bring up, right? But young enough to be like, I am a little bit shit up by this because <laughs> right. you know, there's my understanding was that I would never see my auntie again, yeah. and then boom. Kids, so, kids see things yeah. they really do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I think. Um, my thoughts are many people seem to think that kids are tuned into stuff that you know we lose as we hit adulthood do you know what I mean but we see things as a kids that you know we're just a little bit more aware of it like animals are you know yeah I I think there's a there's a certain uh, logic that kicks in when you you become an adult because you've spent a lot of time having people telling you what's right and what's wrong or what's real and what's not so when you're a kid you just experience things and you experience things exactly how you're supposed Mm. to experience them so i think if you are you know i am i'm a kind of a believer that um oh I, i completely opposite to religion i don't believe that um that 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 there's a heaven or a hell specifically i kind of believe that there's different planes of existence and you know yes you might come back to life but you would come back to life in a different realm Mm -hmm. as something that you can take from the life that you've had you've got all the experiences and here's the next stage but i also am kind of a little bit of a believer of if you've died without accepting that that you're probably going to hang around a little bit and that would kind of make sense 
in the sense for my auntie because you know that would have been very very sudden for her there was you know she wasn't ill she wasn't dying um and there was something that was driving her to that and and it did you know it did happen and i think that she wasn't quite ready yeah for that next you know realm to or plane or stage of her existence to actually go into it's you know i i say it from my spiritual path my shamanic path that you know shamanism brought me closer to spirit and you know given that i said you know i I grew up in a a haunted house and i always had this uh, um belief in some kind of an afterlife and yet i was atheist i've been atheist most of my life and to some extent i still am you know i don't believe (laughs) funny enough (laughs) Sunday yesterday I had some Jehovah's Witnesses knock at the door <laughs> and you know I've never been one to shut it, my, the door in their faces I welcome a, a conversation but in the past I've been very <clears throat> I kind of have a proof a, a point to prove I want yeah. to be so because I you know been so anti-Christian or anti-Abrahamic religions yeah that you know I, I kind of pick holes in everything and um, anyway we had a, a civilised chat yesterday I wasn't trying to prove my point actually i wanted to listen more this i'm never going to believe in those kind of things i'm i'm i know what spirituality means to me and i don't actually like the the spirituality gets put in the same basket as religion a lot of the time you yeah know? i don't think it's the same at but, all. do you know what i mean and so while we had we were disagreeing on a lot of things it was just a genuinely pleasant chat but yeah i mean you know when it comes to the afterlife or ghosts and stuff like that. Yeah, I I grew up believing in that, but I you know I, I didn't believe in um, religion, so it put me at odds on a lot of things. And because I was atheist, I'm like now challenged by my spiritual beliefs. But you know, when I had my kind of spiritual awakening a few years back, I'm just like, okay, now I get it. Yep, I get what life's about, and I'm not going to push that. Unlike you know, religion. 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Particularly Christianity, you know, the knocking door to door trying to get people in, uh, on side. I'm not doing that. I'll tell people about my kind of spiritual path if you're interested. Yep. And we do it on the podcast because, hey, it's my platform to fucking do it. But yep. do you know what I mean? It's I'm not trying to preach to people to say, you know, come and join us. <laughs> come and join us. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, that's a truly personal path for every individual to take on their own, in yeah. their own time, if at all. And I guess in what I understand more about going on this path now is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Do you yep. know what I mean? We're not human beings that have spiritual experiences. And I truly believe that, you know, we are born and reborn. You know, it's been proven that you can't destroy energy. Yep. So, you know, as soon as we're gone, there's somewhere else in the cosmos. Whether it, and like I believe in what you're saying, in the, you know, it might just be another realm of existence. Yeah. Consciousness is still something that, you know, so many scientists are trying to find out what it is, what it means, you know. Yeah. Well, they and, figured out cell memory, didn't they? Yeah. But, you know, when we have, like... Um, that's a good one, actually, the cell memory thing. When you come back to that. But um, <sighs> psychedelics often, you know, allow us to access these other realms. And I've certainly had my experience with that. I've told you, you know, yeah. sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony, I got to meet my grandparents again and I was very fortunate enough to grow grow up with all my grandparents and they all kind of departed while I was in my kind of mid-twenties um, but you know to sit in ceremony I found it really difficult to believe that I was a human being back on earth yeah you know when I went to this kind of spiritual realm it's so much more real than this reality that's why a lot of people have a hard time sometimes just coming back, you know, after their first ayahuasca trip or, you know, some of these psychedelic trips. That the adjustment takes a little while and the integration, you know, it's about talking to people because some people do have a hard time understanding, yeah. what, you know, they, now that they've been there, they're like, oh shit, I don't fit into this life. So it's just about finding that place again. But yeah, I found it really difficult to, to be like, I was, I'm, I'm a human being. I'm that guy, that fucking guy there. Fuck. You know, <laughs> I've got to live this life. That guy, fuck's sake. You know, it was, it, it was really hard to get my head around that. But, and yet it felt so real being able to just, you know, hold each one of my grandparents again and say hello and I love you, that kind of thing. Um, really, really bizarre. And I, you know, I had to kind of tell the family afterwards because I was just like, you'll never believe this. And, you know, that was that was kind of one experience I guess I was I've been trying to find that not that I've done too many ceremonies of my own this year but uh, you know I've, I thought that might have happened you know after the passing of my mum and maybe it will yet to happen yeah. do you know what I mean but I think it's the one thing that you know I've sat in a couple of ceremonies and I want that kind of closure or not even closure I just want to be able to access that and say you know say goodbye that way because it was it was uh, you know well i just I, I feel that that would make 
certain things right and um yeah it hasn't happened yet i'm not saying it won't happen but my mum was ironically my mum was really good at um I, I guess she was clairvoyant um she could tune into a lot of uh different things which you know again i'm not going to just say oh that was definitely angels or that was definitely a ghost or whatever yeah. but you know she had way <laughs> she had a lot of stories do you know what i mean and I guess one of the, it was my mum's path to take, but I would love to have seen her do more with that. Because if that was yeah. more of a skill, then I would love to have seen her doing more, you know, tuning into people. But she would just tell stories of like, oh, you know, walking, she used to have some horses. So she, in order to get there, she'd go twice a day. She'd walk from the house, through a park, through a churchyard, and then just down the road to her horses. And she'd do that journey a couple of miles every day yep so she's always got a story <laughs> for, the, for somewhere on this trip and um she said she was you know she went through the churchyard this one day saw a guy and he was all dressed in white kind of angelic looking blonde hair little you know little curls and stuff and you know she looked at him and he smiled and she smiled back and then he looked he's like it's a funny old world isn't it and my mum's like mm, you know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and she walked along, you know, just being pleasant. And as she turns back round to acknowledge him again, yeah, he's not there. So, you know, these <laughs> yeah. things had happened where she'd see people, talk to them, and then um, I wish I'd, I just wish I knew more stories. But then she'd turn around and they're not there. So, um, that's that's something that I do I do believe in actually. Yeah, that, angels. Yeah, but yeah. maybe not necessarily, you know, from a Christian point of view. I would imagine that they're more on a guidance level than anything else. Mm. Um, you know, I suppose that's where people get their, you know, Jiminy Cricket ideas from. And, you know, you've got your conscience to, to guide you. Um, and And it's also, you can kind of tell that there's things that people can access or feel or, or, or whatever, you know, because when you, you can get high intense em- empaths, can't you? That, that, that just feel all of the energy around you all of the time yeah. and un- unwillingly take it all on board as well. Don't yeah. they? You know, they well, really suffer. That's again, the, the shamanic path I'm, I'm, I'm on is that understanding it helps you tune more into that. Mm. So I think we can all, to most of us can feel, like, you could walk in a room, I've, I've explained this to a few people, and they're like, yeah, I understand this. You could walk into a room and know if a couple of people have just had an argument. Yep. There's a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Or something's happened. You just got, you pick up on people's energy. You can, pe- you can pick up on an energy that's in a room, and it's there. And, like, I, I'm going to say this to listeners, because if you ever feel that, try and tune into it a bit more. If you get a, like a gut instinct about something, try and tune into it a little bit more. And again, you know, we talk about meditation. We talk about you know having that time, you putting social media down, and you know tuning into yourself. That's another part of it. Is just tuning into. If if something doesn't feel right, it's probably you know, <laughs> it's yeah. probably right that it's not it's not right. You know. Um, well, you 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 literally just hit a nail on on a head of something that I was. Um, I was trying to find it. Merle said to me a couple of weeks ago, she was listening to a podcast um, and and somebody had done a study on those things. And the study was around um, the, the impact to people's mental health being in 
a positive or negative feeling environment. Mm. So, you know, and that was one of the examples when you go into a room and you can feel, you know, people always make that joke, oh, you can cut the tension with a knife. It's genuinely there. You can can feel it. Um, And, and you know, the study, I I must actually ask her what the doctor's name was again. Uh, But, um, yeah, the, the study was around the impact of those positive or negative feels that you get in a room around people on on your mental health Mm -hmm. um and again that that feeling that energy all of those things are transcendent of of other areas of your life or other experiences of your life or or previous lives and i think previous lives is a good way of putting it because you touch back on cell memory yeah they you know they have proven over and over and over again that the cells in you know in our body in our organs in in these things have got memory when people have transplants they can they're they're suddenly fearful of things they've never been scared of before they suddenly have a trauma that they've never had before you know and and these things have come from the previous person you know they suddenly get a pain somewhere in their body and it turns out that you know that the the person that they got the organ from broke their arm you know and it's like the these and again <clears throat> generational cell memory as well you know you you may never have gone through any sort of feeling or or trauma based experience in your life but your parents or your grandparents or or further down the line might have done and suddenly you're now feeling the effects of that yeah. because we live in a different era and we don't manage you know we don't learn to manage those situations so you're going to pick up on it you're yeah. going to get it no, I, I mean, we always say about kind of healing wounds, healing traumas of ourselves within, you know, the medicine communities. Um, but you're not fixed. You know, if you go on that path, if you accept the path of healing, um, that you're going to heal yourself, you're actually fixing your lineage. Yeah. You're fixing your parents and your ancestors' uh, pain and traumas and by addressing it then. So, you know, that, that pain can stop with you. Yeah, and we don't need to pass that on to our children, you know. Um, you know that's what we talk about, but really, from a scientific point of view, then yeah, it's the cell memory. Yeah, I always say actually, there's so many things that, and it's nice to have or read and understand about kind of scientific points of view on things because whether it is spirituality, religion, science, or stuff, I think we're talking the same we're talking about the same things we're just using different language yep do you see what i mean yeah we all have different ways of quantifying what's there for me it's energy Mm -hmm. okay i believe in energy i can feel energy we should feel energy and use energy to cook fucking food do you know what i mean um and when it comes to yeah like i say walking into a room and feeling bad energy it's like you know i don't want to be around this or we've got to make this better um <laughs> I being around the right people as well you know you're going to you're going to feel way more inspired and feel good about yourself if you're surrounding yourself with the right people yeah if you're um you know if you're not doing that or even what you're consuming if you're eating shit or you're consuming fucking shit on the TV or the news and stuff like that you're eating shit <laughs> you're consuming <laughs> shit. shit you're going to feel like shit yeah all the time. so you know don't allow these things to keep you in a lower state of being Raise your vibration being around the right people in the right places. You're consuming the right things. 
Yeah. And your life will change. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, there's people are easily led uh, down a a path that would, you know, make what we're talking about probably sound like absolute bullshit to them. But you know, these are real. They're quite often it's real life things. You know, we we discuss things that studies have been done, not just in your community, but in like in the scientific community mm. as well. I mean, if you, you know. Well, I rewatched the the Fantastic Fungi the other day, yeah. and it you know it's such a brilliant documentary. Not for just the point of you know addressing psilocybin and the effects and what you know how good it is and how good all kind of mushrooms are, but you know they they discuss a study that they did um, you know when they were treating um, terminal ill patients with psilocybin therapy to to try and reduce the anxiety of Mm. the fact that they were going to die and you know these people would have one session their very first session and the 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 thing that stands out in every bit of communication afterwards with every single one of them is that they no longer feared death afterwards they no longer had any anxiety they were then suddenly ready to go and enjoy everything about the life that they had left and you know these are people that have just been told you know you're going to be in pain for the remainder of your time you're going to suffer you know you are mm. ultimately going to die and and the the choice was here's a load of medication or this but then you've also got you know the study of here's a lo- here's, here's some medication but we're also going to treat you with mushrooms which are highly highly antioxidant and highly brilliant for you um and all of a sudden, your terminal cancer has disappeared. Yeah. So, you know, there's the science is all there, the research is all there. Although they did lose fifty years of research, didn't they? Because Nixon yep. burnt ill because he's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, they, they, these people were seeing members of their family in these these um, you know you call it a, I call it a journey, you can call it a trip, whatever, um, and they were seeing people that they'd not seen for a long time and it just gave them comfort um you know and pain and and everything else but they they i think you said it i can't remember exactly how you put it but you you know when after you were telling me about the very first trip that you had and you just had this like different level of emotions that you were going through but ultimately at the end you just had this like crushing ego death that was it ego death it's the the terminology that we say when we uh, we lose our we drop our ego basically i mean Mm. ego is an important part of who we are as human beings because it allows us you know it's it's part of our survival tactic do you know what i mean but sometimes our ego overtakes us and you know consuming certain psychedelics or you know i'm sure there are other ways without that but they're definitely one of the quickest ways to lose the ego and it just keeps it in check and you know i in my first experience while i've had lots of mushroom journeys before that i'd never really experienced ego death in that sense um dmt yes but probably not as profound as my first ayahuasca journey and indeed the bufo that I had um, in Ibiza the other week because it is you lose all 
understanding of what it's like to be a human being. Possibly in the same way that we as human beings have lost all understanding of what it's like to be spirit. Um, yes. It's that. It, so, you know, if I was to try and ask you to think about when you was last a spirit, just doing a spirit thing, right? You wouldn't yeah. be able to recall that. So it's that, that's the other way around. It's just like, fuck, I, I can't, no part of me can get my head around the fact that I'm a human being. Yep. Really. So it's it's that. But in, in that time, when we get back, when we lose the ego, we actually find what's really important, you know, that we've built up. You know, a lot of the problems that we have in life are all just man-made anyway, you know? Yeah. They're just the things that we... Uh, condition ourselves to believe the stories that we tell ourselves and uh, and when we have the psychedelic it just it frees us from that it pulls those chains off and you know losing your ego there's another term that I like hearing it's die before you die and it goes it's it's part of this ego death once you've experienced this kind of death then you come back when we come back onto the spirit you know into this reality things don't bother us anymore we're like I right. I know that this isn't everything. And it's not to say that this life isn't important. It's the most important thing right now. But it isn't everything. And that gives me, you know, why I like checking in and having these ceremonies just to, it keeps my ego in check. Makes yep. sure I don't get too big for my boots. Um, it, it helps me be a better person to show up for other people, to show up for myself, you know, to see if I can be better for the planet. Um, there's so many things it allows me to do, but if I if I don't do them, then like you know most people, I just get wrapped up in what we think life is supposed to be because of how we, you know for all the programming that we get throughout our lives, you know, yeah. um, it frees us up from that. Um, yeah, everyone, <laughs> I don't want to say everyone should try it, but you know. You probably should. <laughs> it's a bit, you know, it, it's not like, it's not for everyone. No, I, And I do not. understand that. I, I, there are definitely times when I've been in ceremony thinking everyone in the world should do this. Like there'd be no wars. Everyone would help each other. We'd all, you know, want everyone to win, you know, but not everyone could. And, you know, particularly, particularly people that have kind of certain mental health conditions, then, you know, these things aren't going to work. But it's not to say that we can't find our medicine. I know I've said this before. We can't find our medicine elsewhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there are ways of accessing your natural DMT as well. Maybe we chatted about this briefly once, but, you know, DMT, for those that don't know, um, it's a, a hormone, a chemical that we, um, it's, it's obviously the active ingredient in ayahuasca and you can smoke DMT and that's NNDMT and then you've got 5-MeO-DMT which is Bufo uh, from the Sonoran Desert Toad. But um, we have, or it's believed that we have DMT growing in our p- pineal gland and it's what helps us dream but it's also believed, hypothesized, that it's what brings us into life and takes us out of life. Yep. And one of the interesting things is there's a there's a documentary on Netflix called Surviving Death. And I think for the best part of it, I think it's quite shit. <laughs> but the first episode, well, here's the thing. This is my skeptic. Yeah. It is all about ghosts. Yep. 
and Afterlife and stuff like that. But other than the first episode, I find them a bit... That's why I think... <laughs> I, I I find them... I know why there are sceptics, and it's for shows like that, Yeah, basically. It's like, guys, you're not... It's it's kind of tacky. The first episode's really interesting because at no point through any of this do they talk about DMT, okay? But they it, they do talk about near-death experiences. And so, with, with when DMT... The, the thought that it's released upon death mm. they talk in their near death experiences they talk quite often about all the kind of visions that they see you know these long tunnels yep. things just going really fast and the, the, people talk about the life flashing before their eyes you know there's a lot of very descriptive things all a bit different but we hear a few repeat things happening and every time I've seen this, I've seen it a couple of times now, but I'm like, that's a fucking DMT trip. Mm-hmm. So they don't mention it in that, but you can, you know, you, you can Google DMT and uh, NDEs and find the similarities and how many people kind of cross these stories over. So, you know, why do we have DMT in our brains? Why is it there? They also think it's in our lungs as well. It's in a lot of plants. It's in a lot of living things. Yeah. But Why? And I think it is, you know, it allows us to pass through other planes of consciousness. Well, I'm pretty sure, um, I think, just touching on that, I think it's released prior, slightly prior to death. And the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, the, the half an hour in between um, me going to pick some stuff up for my dad and then coming back and... and he was, you know, unconscious and heart stopped. We we had a really really quick chat when I got got back home from work. We had a really really quick chat, and uh, and he was he kept flicking away at this moth that wasn't there that was kept floating around the light, and he was like he's like Doug, you got to get rid of this thing. It's been here for hours, and you know he kept seeing this moth floating around, and he saw a few other things that were sort of that he mentioned and everything. Um, and he, 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 it was bothering him enough that it was interrupting him trying to tell me what flavoured ice cream he wanted me to buy him. Because <laughs> wow. I said, oh, I'm going to go to the shop to get you some bits. Do you want me to get you some ice cream? And he was like, yeah. But, it, you know, it took a while for it for Raspberry Ripple to, to come out of his mouth because his fucking moth was doing his head in. There was nothing there. Nothing yeah. at all. But I think that, you know, it was it was preparing him for that. It's amazing how, um, yeah, I, I I can't recall any stories, but I have heard stories of people just before death. But yeah. you know, whether that's DMT or that's just the the tuning into what is to come, you know, our guides, our people to help us depart. Yeah, there was an interesting one. Maybe it's Ram Das. Maybe it's uh, it was a program. Ha. Oh. Somewhere I remember seeing this program and it, a cat was in a kind of um, a hospice and the cat would go to the different, would kind of know. I've seen you, it. Have you seen this? Yeah. I, I, but it would know when a certain person's ready yeah, to Yeah, and it would and it sit would on them. their bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay on them. Yeah. But fascinating because it just kind of, you know, knew that someone was crossing over. 
And I remember Ram Dass, I mean, I love listening to his audio books. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. But um, if you don't know who he is, he was like a spiritual kind of leader, not really a leader, just a spiritual guru. Um, very, very funny guy. He was, um, in the 60s, he was like a, a Harvard student that uh, went to school with the likes of Timothy Leary um, and uh, was part of that kind of psychedelic movement in the um, yeah in the 60s and then he ended up in India and you know found his spirituality changed his name became Ram Das and and did uh, a lot of kind of talks and community things uh his audiobooks or his live talks are really really quite hilarious he's yeah. like a spiritual leader that's um more like a stand-up comedian at times <laughs> but you know his books are fantastic you know there's some real good drops of truth in there and he tells a story on one of them where he's um he has a friend uh and he's saying and what's unusual about my friend is that they, that, that they don't exist they don't have a body <laughs> And um, so apparently it was a woman that he knew and she would tune into uh, a spirit. Yep. And this spirit would use her body and then have like conversations with people. And so they could, they could kind of meet up with this guy through this woman and have chats every now and then. And this was Ram Dass's friend. And one of the really poignant things that I heard from this is, you know, I, I, when my mum was passing, um, and you know, when I've thought about my own mortality as well, is that this stuck with me because they asked, like, if death, you know, what's what's death like? They said death doesn't hurt, but it's like taking off a tight-fitting shoe. <laughs> And I kind of take some comfort in that because, yeah. you know, I do love life. There was a time when I just, um, I wanted to t remove myself from life and, um, you know, I love life. Um, but, you know, there were times when it's still a bit challenging and I think we can all look forward to the time when we can take off the tight fitting shoe. Yeah. Just not yet. And just see whether we uh, come back as irritating ghosts or not. <laughs> I mean, I would definitely haunt some people, but more for my own amusement than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it'd be um, nice to me. Well, but, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, happy Halloween. Happy and Halloween, I'll mate. I'll see you next week. Yeah, speak soon. Bye. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 